Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 199. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. If you are new to this podcast, you are in for a treat. I am telling you what this episode today. It's so good. You can't even make this stuff up. It's oh my gosh, you're just in for a treat. Trust me. Now, (laughs) I believe that the day that this episode airs is election day in the US. And I know the whole world is watching this election. I know all of us are watching the election. I know when I was recording this podcast with Gretchen, who's the success story that I'm talking to today, we were both agreeing that we just wanted this day to come. So we could just move on with life. And so that day has arrived. And so I just want to encourage you if you're in the US to vote. Hopefully you're planning on doing it. But especially if you are at work or things get busy, I mean, if you haven't already voted or done absentee, I just do want to encourage you to get out there and have your voice heard. It is, of course, important. I can't wait to find out what the result is. Just as Gretchen and I were saying, there's going to be something we got to manage our minds around. So what is it going to be? We just want to know what it's going to be. Okay, so Gretchen, who is my guest today, I'm telling you what, when I think of someone who has had incredible results from learning what I teach on this podcast and everything I teach in the weight loss for doctors only program and actually applying it to her life. It is Gretchen. She is incredible. She has completely transformed her whole life in so many different ways. You're, you're going to be shocked when you learn and, and hear and see what she 
tells you about. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And I'm so excited that she was willing to come on and talk about her transformation, to talk about all the progress she's made. There's literally not one area of her life where this coaching work hasn't helped her. And so I know that it's always so interesting to hear other people's stories and where they're coming from and how they create the success that they have. I love hearing stories like that. And I know you're going to love hearing Gretchen's story as well. So please enjoy my conversation with Gretchen and I will talk to you next week. Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. All right. We have a lot to cover, (laughs) a lot of ground to cover. So we are not going to waste any time. Can you just start off by giving everyone who's listening just a brief introduction? Sure. I am a gynecologic oncologist at Mayo Clinic, and I'm also the residency program director there. I've been out of fellowship for a little over seven years now, and I did work for a short time in Virginia before I came back on staff at Mayo. And yeah, I guess that's mostly about me. I have a husband and two teenagers, girls who are teenagers. So, I mean, you look so youthful, we're going to say. <laughs> I'm always like, how do you have teenagers? Like, it's like yeah. crazy. But people will say that to me too, because my yeah. son's almost 15. And they're like, did you have him when you were 15? I'm like, no, I did not. <laughs> I've, have, I've been having to clarify that with people. I'll say like, you know, I tell them how old my kids are. And they're like, looking at me kind of funny. And I say, well, I had I, my first one was when I was 28. I'm not as young as I look. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, this is a good problem to have that people think yeah, that we're younger. Than definitely. We no question. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. So let's just start with a brief summary of your weight struggle, because you sure. were similar to me when you found this work, you were like, listen, either this is going to work or I'm just going to say, screw all of it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to try to lose weight anymore. Yeah. So I was a normal weight until I went to college, gained like kind of the freshman 15. And then since then have been vacillating like up and down 60 pounds. So since I was like 18 years old and I have tried, I mean, I think everything, I think I tried every kind of diet Once I started to realize like, oh, I go on Weight Watchers for a year and I get it off. And then within three months, it's back or, you know, a lot of it's back again. I was like, okay, maybe I just need like more wellness or maybe I need to do mindful eating or maybe I need to just have a coach or something like that. And so I had multiple coaches. I had two wellness coaches, two mindful eating coaches and, you know, had them each for eight months to two years. And I never lost the weight. I just like, I would feel better or like I would eat more mindfully, but like the weight just didn't come off. And also these coaches would kind of get to the point where they would be like, I don't think we can help you anymore. Or they would say something to me like, I think you're just going to overeat at night forever. I don't think that that's really going to go away for you. I think that's just who you are. And I was like, nah, that is not what's happening. (laughs) I was like, I got to try something else. But I so, thought that you believed in yourself even more than they did because they're offering you this belief, right? You're like, I want help. And they're like, it's not fixable. And you could have just believed them. Yeah. But instead, you're true. like, I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me, right? Probably we can yeah. call it intuition. We can call it whatever. But you just knew yeah. like, nope, that's not the answer. Yeah, I, I, it's true. And one time I just completely burst into tears and I cried for like an hour and a half. And I was like, okay, I know that that's not true. So let's move forward. 
maybe she thinks that's true, but I don't think that's true. So let's do it. So I actually had heard about your podcast and your like kind of what you do as part of being in ACOG and being on the program committee to make a meeting. And you were going to come in December, I think of 18, you did come to in December of 18 oh, nice. and talk to our group. Nice. And as part of that, I kind of looked into your stuff and I was like, I don't know. She says not to eat sugar or flour. That seems really extreme. So, <laughs> so I'm just not going to listen to it. And then it just so happened one day I got in my car I know how your phone connects with Bluetooth and the podcast you did with your husband about charting came on. And I was completely transfixed by it. I was like, oh my God, this is me. I could fix this. (laughs) And then I just went back to the beginning and started listening to every single podcast from number one on. And by like the 10th or 15th, and I was like, I have to be in this group. So I signed up. Okay, cool. Right. Because you already were part of the program when I came to visit, right? I'd already signed up. Yes, I hadn't started. Absolutely. I started yeah. in January of okay. 19, but I had already paid. I was in. You were already signed up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. I love yeah. that. I love that. Like, it's like, I can be the same way where I'm like, this resonates. Like, I just like know within me that this is what I should do. And then it's just mm-hmm. like action taker. It's like, how do I give you all my money? That's what I'm like with other yeah. people. I'm yeah. like, how do I yeah. pay you as quickly as possible? Because I know this is what I need. I love that. The okay. other thing I think is important yeah. is that when I signed up for Waldo, I was completely at the end of my rope with my weight. I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now. I was generally unhappy with my size. But I knew I had tried everything I could think of. And I was like, this is it. If this doesn't work, that's it. I'm just going to figure out how to love my body in this, the way it is. I'm going to have to figure out how to love overeating at night. I'm just going to, this is it. And the thing that actually convinced me to sign up was in one of your early podcasts, you said something like, if you want to just love your body the way it is, that's great. I'm all for it. But if you want to love your body and lose the weight, this is the work for you. And I was like, okay, where's the link? Here's my credit card. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. So you also had some, you know, binging, purging mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kinds of habits for years. as well. Yeah. For so years. you purged with exercise, over-exercising, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So and like fast, not that. fasting, like it wasn't even healthy version of fasting, but yes, over-exercising and then not eating for like an entire day in okay. addition to the exercising. Okay. And did that um, start in college? When did you start doing that? Oh gosh, it must have. I think maybe high school, actually. I think it probably okay. started in mid-high school. And that's something I didn't even bring up until I was like five months into the program because I was just so... Kind of, actually, no, it was more than that. It was a year into the program. I, I just was so ashamed of it. And I felt like that was just, quote unquote, me, just who I was. And I wasn't going to be able to fix it. So I didn't even try. And then, you know, like after 11 months or so and working on lots of other things, I was like, hmm, maybe I could stop doing that. That mm. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> And then I did energy, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. An incredible amount of time and energy. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So you, I mean, well, yeah. So we'll just like spoiler alert. You don't do that anymore. (laughs) I don't. It's been so January 19th, 2020 was the last time. And I can't, I used to be every week, multiple days, every week, just like after a little bit of work completely went away. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't you love it when you think it's so insurmountable and Mm -hmm. then you actually put some time and effort into it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is it. 
It wasn't even that hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So when you started though, were you like thinking I'm going to get help on all these other areas of my life? Or were you like, I'm just here for the weight loss? Oh no. I was just here to get back to a mid-range BMI. I mean, and at first I actually thought before I listened to your thing about mid-range BMI, I thought I was going to be like, I would be golden if I was, you know, 15 pounds heavier than I am right now. Mm-hmm. But then you were like, no, how about mid-range BMI? And then I was like, hmm, all right, that sounds fun. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always everybody's reaction to that. But you're all in. <laughs> so you have kept the weight off now. So you're, you've been maintaining for mm-hmm. like a year and a half now, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Which is like really, really awesome, right? Because I think people yeah. are like, the weight loss is one thing. I mean, I think you have a very similar story to mine. Like I can get the weight off, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could always yeah. lose it, but I just yeah. couldn't keep it off at all. Yeah. And so totally. a year and a half of of maintenance is, this but, is yeah. who you are now, right? And I'm talking maintenance like up down one to one and a half pounds. And it's not even hard for me. It's really yeah. like crazy different. And yeah. like, I have times where I go up like three pounds. I'm like, uh-oh, what is going on in my head right now? You know, mm-hmm. but it yeah. used to be like, up, down, up, down, 10, 15 pounds over and over and over again. Who wants to do that? I mean, this is so much better than that. Totally. And when you are weighing yourself regularly, then you see the three pounds and you don't need to wait till you're you're up a size in clothes to go, huh, what's happening? Is something going on for me? You know, exactly. You're aware. You're like, okay. And I just love what you said. Like what's going on for me? You know, you're like, uh-oh, realizing that there's something emotional going on for you. There's something yeah. in your thought process that's creating this. Not like, uh-oh, I've gained three pounds. No. It's like the three no. pounds just indicates that there's something going on that you need to address. And you helped me get there. I always, the scale was never neutral for me, but you know, maybe like a year ago, I started repeating to myself, this is just data. This is just data. This is just data. Every time I step on the scale and it really is just data now, just like I, you know, like when I look at it, I'm like, huh, okay, well, there's something going on. Let's figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of it. It's just like lab tests. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not like you're yeah. a horrible person because, you know, your sodium has changed. You know? <laughs> We're like, interesting. Huh. I wonder yeah. what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. Okay. I love it. The other thing so, that um, oh, yeah, I really got to recently is that I really believe I'm never going to be bigger than this now. Yeah. Like after every other diet, I really was like, well, this is going to last for a little while you know, Mm -hmm. but now my brain is so different and I've been at this exact weight for long enough that I can't imagine ever being bigger than this. It wouldn't be possible. I would have to have a brain transplant of some kind (laughs) or stop doing the work for a long time and like completely ignore whatever, which I I can't even do anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can't, there's like the after part of your life. You can't go back to the before. No, not with this work. Yeah, You know, every other diet, you could easily go back to the before because your oh, brain yeah. was exactly the same as it was before you started. Exactly. Yes, totally. Okay. So if that weren't enough, I mean, <laughs> because the, already, right. Okay. You stopped binging, you stopped purging, you stopped overeating. Actually, let's just talk about the overeating at night because that yeah. was something that did take longer. Oh yeah. Like, that was definitely right. Cause we're like, oh, it's so easy to stop, you know, purging with exercise mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but like the overeating at night was something that you dug into for a while. So let's yeah. talk about that process. So when I started Waldo, I was overeating sugar and flour every single night of the week. And then I got down to like four to five times a week. 
And then I got down to two to three times a week. And now, like, if I am doing that, if that, if that like pops up, it's because something's happening and I can immediately think, okay, what's going on? What happened in that day? What did I not address in my brain that made me think that food was the answer? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that will be my go-to comfort for the rest of my life, except I'm starting to have things that are more comfortable and comforting even than food, which is so exciting. So so that's what changed for me. What changed is now I've got other things that I love, like just stopping and listening to my body and being loving to myself. Like Mm -hmm. you say, it's okay, love. Yeah. What's going on, love? You know, that kind of thing. And that's a a deep connection with yourself. Like, yeah, yeah. That feels better than potato chips. It does. Well, so because, when you can get there. Yeah. After you eat the potato chips, potato chips, you feel like crap, right? Yes. You feel like correct. Like too much salt. <laughs> and it's just like, you physically don't feel good. It's not mm-hmm. anything that benefits you, even though we yeah. really, really hope it will. Right. Like when yeah. we're, we're like, yeah, oh, but this time I really think yeah. <laughs> it might work. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's so, so awesome. Okay. So there have been so many things that you have worked on. Mm-hmm. and improve so many different areas of your life. And I just want to yeah. kind of go along and touch on a lot of them. I mean, sure. I don't even think we have time to touch on all of them. There's sure. so many different yeah. things. No, I don't um, think so either. But just to give people an idea <clears throat> of the kind of like the breadth mm-hmm. of change mm-hmm. that you can create for yourself. I love it. You're just like, okay, what's next? What's next? <laughs> next? So you just keep looking like, what? What is, yeah. what is the next thing I need to work on? Okay. So religion was a big thing for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you, how are you, were you raised in any religion? I was raised Christian, Presbyterian, yeah. but I kind of always knew it wasn't for me. And mm-hmm. in fact, we have this confirmation thing that we did when we were 16. And even at that time, I said to my mom, like, I don't think I should do this. This does not feel yeah. right to me. And she was basically like, you're doing it. So <laughs> you can, we can talk about this when you're an adult. So anyway, I did it. But then when I was about 18, 19, I started going to... Judaism and like Hebrew classes near where I lived and, you know, had no other reason to do it at that time, except I wanted to. And then I met my husband when I was 25 and then decided to formally convert. So I became Jewish then. And it was, it was a whole nother language to learn and we're conservative. And so we do everything in Hebrew and I learned how to do all the prayers and read the Torah and all that kind of stuff. But I always felt like a fraud, I think, because I had converted and I had not really ever worked on it until I was in Waldo. And I was like, this is really uncomfortable. Like what's going on here? Why do I have so much emotion tied up around this? And it took like one or two coaching sessions and that is completely gone, you know, and and some thought work, but it's, I don't even think about that anymore. I feel like a hundred percent Jewish and I do what everyone else does. And I mean, I can't tell you how much that has changed my opinion of myself even. Yeah. And then also just how connected you feel within the Jewish community, right? Yeah. Like you were saying that you, yeah. were, you were volunteering for some things. And yeah, like exactly. Yeah. You know, like you didn't have to withhold your involvement Mm-mm. because you weren't the right person. I also didn't um, have to prove anything to anyone. Yeah. And that's oh, what yeah, I was trying so to good. do before. Yeah. Always trying sure to prove. Like from, a, from a family dynamic standpoint, I'm sure that's 
helped them much as well. It has. It has helped a lot, especially like with in-laws who are Jewish. My husband, I happened to meet my husband in a bar and he was Jewish. So that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I met him on JD. in a bar too. (laughs) It's because we didn't have the online stuff yet. (laughs) Exactly. This is how old, like old people, this is how we met her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, but his whole family is Jewish. And so I was always trying to prove to them also that I was Jewish enough. And that's like, I don't even whatever. I don't even think about that anymore. Yeah. Just so, not even remotely an issue. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, let's kind of pivot from there and go right into relationships some more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. relationships with your in-laws, relationships with your mother, that was mm-hmm. a lot that yep. you spent time on. You want to yep. To and my about? mother-in-law. I mean, I was just like constantly putting myself in that victim mode thing. Like someone's doing something to me and getting out of that and realizing I get to be who I am and they get to be who they are. And we get to just enjoy each other has been amazing. Like I don't fight with them anymore ever because it just doesn't like, I don't engage in it. You know, I don't like get all like upset and whipped up every time they say something. And um, my mom, I never argued with, but our, you know, relationship is incredibly deeper after all the work that I've done here and, and just, you know, kind of like, it's crazy different, crazy better. Yeah. Like better than, I mean, I always think of it. It's like, you couldn't even have dreamt it could be. Nope. I couldn't. As it is right. Exactly. So often, you know, we come into this work going like, Hey, if I could just get to neutral, that would be like my dream come true. We're like, I just want to stop like detesting this person. Yeah, exactly. But the idea of actually like loving them or thinking highly of them, we're like, that's just like a pipe dream. There's no way that's going to happen. Yeah. All the time because they don't actually need to do or say anything for me to love them. It doesn't matter. It's completely up to me. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Now let's talk about work. Yeah. So you used to stay late. Yes. Charting. Like oh my gosh. Forever. Right? Yes. Talk, yes. Talk more about what, what it used to be like. Yeah. So it used to be that I would chart at night. I would like at, I would get just like you talk about, I would get home, get the kids to bed, get a glass of wine and sit down with my computer, which of course is not efficient because you're drinking wine. Right. But <laughs> But like try to like, you know, kind of get through my paperwork and stuff. Or I would be at work until 7.30 or 8 trying to get charts done. And I just didn't even realize how much I was creating that. I see the same number of patients now, if not more, because I'm further along in my practice and I'm never in clinic late. I finish my notes before I go to the next patient every single time. They don't have to be perfect. It's awesome. Yeah. So no more overworking. Mm -mm. Home on time. Yeah. Talk about like challenging days. I mean, gynecologic oncology is not a walk yeah, in the park. That's true. <laughs> Often. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have some challenging days. Yeah. So you changed your whole attitude around your job being hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you about a Pop-Tart story. So in our cafeteria, there is a vending machine that dispenses Pop-Tarts. And I would often, after a long OR day, and I'm saying long because that's how I thought of them, long, hard, exhausting, whatever, Mm -hmm. my brain would offer to me like, you should go get some Pop-Tarts. And so I probably got most of the Pop-Tarts out of that machine for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But recently, not recently, but like maybe almost a year ago, I started to think, well, what if I didn't think my day was long? What if I just thought it was exactly the right length? And what if I just changed my thought about that? And I did. And I seriously have not touched the Pop-Tarts since then. 
I don't even have an urge to overeat after a long day or quote unquote long day anymore. You know, if I talk about I've been here for a lot of hours doing a lot of stressful surgery or having a lot of stressful conversations with patients, it's like, yeah, that's what my days are like. They're perfect. They're exactly how I want them to be. And just that little shift, completely the Pop-Tarts are gone. It's amazing. Amazing. Right. And it just shows again, like how it's not about the food. Mm, right. Not at totally all. Just like I need some sugar and flour. Yeah. To try to make this better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I don't even pop tarts aren't even really food They're, I mean, they don't taste good. <laughs> They're like chemicals in a bag. Really but okay. Good. Enough exactly. about the pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you also oftentimes felt like you were missing out what was going on at home like mm. if you were in at work. So let's talk about yes. that. Yeah. I, that just added to wanting to overeat because I would think, okay, I'm going to get home at X time, but it would really be Y time. And I would maybe miss dinner. And as soon as I'm like missing out on dinner and bedtime, there's like this time scarcity thing, like constantly. And I made actually made a protocol for that, just like a food protocol for nights when I don't get home when I'm going to expect to. And really, it was about accepting the sadness that I missed, that I wasn't there for dinner, you know? And it's like, yeah, okay, occasionally that happens. It's not a big deal. And I can feel the sadness. I don't need to make it go away. It's fine if I just let it be there and say, I feel sad right now, it will go away all by itself. Yeah. It doesn't need food to make exactly. it go away. Yeah. And I think that was has been a lot of your work is learning to allow the emotion. And then mm-hmm. I feel like from from my perspective, then once you get that, like you're like, oh my gosh, okay, I can feel this. You're like, yeah, yeah problem solved. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. Like you don't need, if you're willing to feel the emotion. You don't need an escape from feeling that emotion. Escape is, is the, the word the awkward yeah. word for me. I mean, I always wanted to escape emotions. And of course, that's like still where I, my brain goes like, hey, how about yeah. if we escape from this? I'm like, mm, no, it's yeah. going to be easier if we don't. Let's right. just... Exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, it's less work yeah. right, to not. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, totally, right. Totally. Okay. So you also have a leadership role. And mm-hmm. so being assertive yeah, and assertive enough was something that you struggled with. So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, I think when I applied for this role, one of the like, you know, they do a survey of the entire department to kind of get like their ideas about how you're going to do. And one of the things people said were they they were afraid I wouldn't be like assertive or confrontational enough. And for sure, that was a worry I had about myself, too, because I didn't really like confrontation or I felt like everything was a confrontation if you had to say something to someone. But through this work and through coaching, I really... Like, I'm not afraid to be assertive. I know sometimes I'm going to mess up because all leaders mess up sometimes. But if you're not assertive, nothing gets done. And that has completely changed in the last 18 months for me. It's been amazing, really incredible. Has anybody noticed? I'm just curious if anybody. Yes. Uh, Yes, actually. So, you know, at our annual reviews, my chair was like, how are you doing this? Like, how are you having such like rapid and like amazing change? And how are you like so just effective so quickly? I was like, I have a coach. Like, yeah, that's what I do. I've got a coach. And that is how, I mean, that's just how you have all this amazing stuff happen. Right. And fast. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Right? So fast. Yeah. yeah. So fast. Okay. Let's talk about parenting. Yes. That's another one. So many of mm-hmm. us, right? We're mm-hmm. like, it doesn't come with the instruction manual. I remember the day... When I finally realized, you know what? 
I think all of the parents are just winging it and they always have been. <laughs> like my parents were too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I worried a lot about my girls' social lives. I don't know why that was the thing I worried the most about. My girls are a little they're not shy, but maybe like on the shyer introvert side, no idea where they get that. <laughs> I was always obsessed with like, how often are they seeing their friends and what are their friends saying to them? And I would be so angry if their friends said something mean to them. And I would worry like they're not trying enough. And I was have just been able to completely drop that. And so funny, sometimes my husband will be like, I don't know, she hasn't seen her friends in a while. I'm like, she's fine. She's going to figure it out. <laughs> it's good for her. And he's like, who are you? You're right. <laughs> So speaking of that, you know, like your husband, I mean, yeah. you know, when you're married, often this is person knows us, you know, better than anyone else or yeah. you know, close to better than anyone else. How would you say that his perception is of you? I mean, he like really can't believe it. You know, he also is starting to like tell me he changed his thoughts about something. <laughs> so I would always tell him like, well, I just changed my thoughts about that. So I'm fine now. And he's like, I don't understand that. How are you doing that? You know, it's like magic. <laughs> and the other day we had something stupid going on and, and it's something he's believed for a long time. And, he, and all of a sudden he had a different belief about it. I was like, how did that happen? How'd you do that? He's like, well, I just changed my thoughts about it. Like you said, I just... <laughs> So yeah, he's, I mean, and he can't believe just the change in me and how much more chill I am. I mean, yeah. I'm still a gynox, so I'm still a little not chill, but, <laughs> <laughs> but how chill I am where I can be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, is like the, the point of coaching is to help you be the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're someone who can, has like a level of intensity, like that's a good thing. And like, yeah. you know, I probably want my, you know, cancer, you know, hopefully I'll never need a cancer surgeon, but yeah. I want my cancer surgeon <laughs> to have some intensity, you know, yeah. like, I don't want them to be like, whatever, whatever. No big deal. Like I kind of think it might be a big deal. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So you also used to do things out of guilt. Like you would feel mm. sort of guilted into doing mm -hmm. things. You stopped doing mm -hmm. that. Yeah, totally. Again. Yeah. You know, guilt was maybe one of my main drivers and it doesn't work really because you can't be very effective or efficient if you're coming from a place of guilt and fear is what you taught me. You know, like fear just makes you do the bare minimum while also having a stomach ache and yeah. like try <laughs> trying to let go of that and, you know, really come from a place of love. And I love this. I love what I do. I love myself. Let's get it done. It's like leaps and bounds. You can get 10% done versus a hundred percent done. If you drop the guilt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. A new relationship with exercise, right? Because exercise yes. used to be a way for you to counteract yeah. your eating and your oh binging. Oh my gosh! Yes. So you stopped with that kind of exercise. Can mm -hmm. you speak to that, like how you transitioned to exercising now in a way that really supports you? Yeah. So I pretty much stopped exercising except for walking during the time that I was losing those forty pounds, mm -hmm. and that was really helpful because the weight literally. I mean, I I followed the plan that you out, you know, the, with the basic things you suggest, yeah. and the weight fell off of me. Like it just, you know. And then once I had lost all that weight, I started adding back in some exercise. 
but not, I wasn't crazy person exercise anymore. I used to do like running or the elliptical or spinning or bar or something every single day. I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning to make sure I was doing an hour of exercise every single morning. And it was a huge relief to be like, Katrina says not to do that right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But now actually I do yoga for 20 minutes every morning often half-dressed in my work clothes uh, because I don't get sweaty or anything. It's just (laughs) gentle yoga, you know? And I go to bar maybe once a week because they have these masks required classes right now. I was going twice a week before that, but the masks required is once a week. And occasionally spinning because I really love it and I have a Peloton and it's my favorite high-intensity exercise. But it's not, I don't do it to make myself feel better. I always thought that I had to exercise to stay sane. It turns out that's not true. You can just make yourself sane and exercise because you like it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even say it better. (laughs) So good. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. Now, you know, you've touched on a little bit, but let's talk about a little bit more on the Mm self-worth that you've done, Mm -hmm. you know, really working on loving yourself. I think a lot of people get stuck there. They're like, I Mm -hmm. I see the value. I would like to do that. Mm Mm-hmm but I don't know how, which is, you know, it's funny, right? Because we do know how we think loving thoughts about ourselves. Yeah. But our old beliefs make it basically impossible, right? Because every time we think a positive thought about ourselves, that belief comes back with that little whisper of like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not really who you are. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. It was, you know, it's like that dark, rotten core concept that you talk about a lot. So I really believed that I was at my core a bad person. And like I had this very fancy shell that I kind of gave out to the world. And that's how like I kept people kind of on my side or whatever. Right. And you kind of really, fooled them. Like yeah. so they didn't really know who you were. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it came to a head last January when I my relationships with my friends, I was feeling physically ill about them a lot of time, about absolutely nothing. And then I was like, I'm feeling ill about this. There has to be something there and started looking into it and really realized like, I need to like being with myself. I need to think I'm a good time, which now I totally do. (laughs) And then once you think that you think, well, if people want to be with me, that's great. But if they don't, I'm a good time. I can have fun by myself, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So that really like loving myself and really valuing myself made all of my relationships easier, all of them. Yes. Right. Just that one thing. And then yeah. it improves all of it. It radiates out. Like yes. if you can fix the center, it just radiates everywhere. If you yeah. can fix what you believe about yourself, yeah. it's amazing. And and just to just to be clear for everyone listening, it's not fixing the quote unquote rotten core. No. Right? It's mm-hmm. realizing that that's just a thought that you have about yourself that you believe. Yeah. And it's not the truth. It's yeah. not like that there's fixing to be done. No. It's recognizing that's a thought and no longer thinking that thought. Yeah. And replacing like replacing that thought with something else. The best thing that one of the coaches ever said to me was like, what if you're wrong about that? Yeah. What if that's not true? And it's just like, oh, oh, what if that's not true? That would be amazing. <laughs> Let me look into that. <laughs> I, know. I love that question. You know, it's like when you get that something that is painful, but you think is just a fact. And then yeah. you're like, wait, what are you telling me? That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so amazing. It's the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. Now let's talk about something else that you went through literally a couple decades worth of therapy. Yeah. On, yeah. And we're still really stuck on. 
Yeah. So how about you just share when you were sure. a child? What sure. Happened? Yeah. So I had some experience with childhood abuse, sexual abuse. When I was a little kid with a piano teacher and I, you know, kind of finally got to the point of starting therapy for it when I was 20 and then did about 15 years of weekly or biweekly therapy for that and got to the point where I could function, where I wasn't thinking about it all the time. And I was obviously like going to medical school and doing my job and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was actually around the same time that I stopped therapy that he finally went to jail because like enough people started reporting him. And so there was some relief there, but I still had it. It was still like always vibrating in my chest. It wasn't really gone. And one of your other group members started working on an issue like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could work on that here. Let me try. Let me see what happens. Let me see if I could make this even better than it is now. And after 15 years of weekly therapy, it took me maybe two months to get to the point where I it's gone. Like the anxiety, everything about that is gone from my life. And it's like having a different life. It's like I got a new brain. Like I really did upgrade it. (laughs) Especially when that's been with you for so long. Exactly. It's been this constant companion, Yeah, you know, for better or for worse. And and finally being able to let go of it. Yeah. And like it changed my parenting too. I mean, I was terrified. I have two girls. I've been terrified for their whole life, super overprotective, all that kind of stuff. And I really, really let it go. And I really know that everything's going to be okay now. And with my mom, I really blamed her for not protecting me. I really did for two decades, but two months of work with, you know, thought work and she and I have complete and, you know, discussions and everything completely repaired that. And I don't blame her at all anymore. And, you know, it's like, I just didn't even know this was possible. Yeah. And I know I thought that because I had this, I was never really going to stop buffering. I was never really going to stop overeating, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But like, if you can clear out all the cobwebs, you can really work on it, you know? Yeah. Well, and what I love about this is like, there's things that seem like really big, like sexual abuse, you know, and then there's things, minor things like, you know, the, the uh, pop tart, Yes. You know what I mean? It's like all of it factors in. Yeah. All of it deserves your attention. And so whether you're somebody who's had some sort of trauma in your life that has influenced all this, yeah, totally not, where you're like, listen, my life has been pretty amazing. I still don't understand why I struggle with this. Like, yeah, you can get amazing, tremendous results. Yeah. Regardless of where you're coming from. It's true. I think another thing I've really worked on in this program is shame. So like not wanting to talk about the abuse, not wanting to talk about binging and purging, not wanting to talk about the things that feel shameful to me, like I should hide them. I've really gotten them out in the open. And I really know now, like there's no issue too small or too big or no one, you're not weird just because you've got issues. We've all got issues, you know, and you can be super productive and super high powered and still have issues that maybe you'd be happier if you resolved them. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Right. It's like, it doesn't mean like you can't be someone who's already having this amazing life with success. Yeah. Like if you're struggling with something, it's still 
you are worth your time and effort. Yeah. To resolve that. Totally. And create a different life for yourself. I just love how you just keep being like, what's next? Like, if that can be so good, like, what's the next thing that I can, I can work it's true. on? You know, yeah. just like, maybe I'm just, what's the next up level? I love that yeah. so, so much. I'm an eternal optimist. I always have been. And even when I started this program, I thought I was a happy person. I am a happy person. I loved my job. Even, you know, when I started, I love my job. I love my family. I love my life. But it's better now. Yeah. <laughs> it's even better. Yeah. It's even better. It's and even I can better. also come to happiness from a pure place as opposed to from a place where I'm stuffing down negative stuff with food. Yes. You right. know, it's I'm, like you can be happy because you've handled the negative stuff yeah. by overeating. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, the mic has dropped. I'm like, okay. <laughs> when I'm at a loss for words, it's like, wait, what's happened here? Okay. So as we're wrapping things up, yeah. if you're thinking about somebody who was like mm-hmm. you, who was just mm-hmm. like, I've tried it all. I've been, yep. you know, the, even the experts are, have given up on me, told me it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what piece of advice do you have? Yeah. I would say you could at least try. So, you know, you say that to a lot, to us a lot about how you are very resistant to new ideas, but then you say to yourself, you could at least try. Like, yeah. this is not going to work. Well, maybe not, but you could at least try. At least try. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm glad you bring that up because I think everybody thinks that I'm just like, yeah, like I'll land for everything. Mm-hmm. My default is always, that's never going to work. That's the first mm-hmm. thing that my yeah. first thought is like, that's a terrible idea. It's never going to work. I'm like, okay, right. hold on, let it pass. Yeah. Maybe I could try it. (laughs) I mean, that's even how I felt about your program at first. Like I was a person who carried snacks in my purse and had snacks in my car and just like always had snacks for like emergencies, whatever that means. But I really, really was like, okay, I'll try it and we'll see what happens. And I would say to people like, maybe it won't work for you, but you could try. You could see what what happens. Your life might become completely amazing. Even more amazing than you ever dreamed it could be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's just taking a chance on yourself. And I keep mm-hmm. thinking that you're worthy of your own time and effort. I think that's, yeah. that's an yeah. issue for a lot of people thinking like, I'm not home enough. I should be mm-hmm. spending more time with my family and mm-hmm. things like that. And I think it's the, the opposite, right? We need to be making sure that we're whole and mm-hmm. feeling cared for. Yeah. By ourselves, right? Maybe like we are caring for ourselves so that we then can really approach all the people that we love in our lives in the best possible way. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I can't imagine anything better than having a life like this. Yes. Oh, so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Any final parting words? Anything else? Yeah. I would say you can be free. I know that before I started Waldo, I felt stuck. I felt like I was in overeating jail, like whatever that is. Like I couldn't stop overeating. I couldn't be a normal weight. I kept trying, but spinning in circles like you, you've done hard things. Everyone has done hard things. All you have to do is follow the blueprint and do hard things in that direction. And you can actually get out of the cage. It's incredible. And like fly around. Right. It is. It's kind of like, you know, they say about free range chickens, you know, like most free, quote unquote free range chickens, you know, it says like on the, on the egg, you know, or like on yeah. the chicken packaging or whatever that they're free range. But what they say is that the little chicks and stuff are kept inside 
And, you know, the chickens are never like really allowed to go outside until they're full grown. Mm -hmm. Well, if they have never experienced outside and then they're in this like, you know, big, it's not a warehouse, but whatever those chicken things are those, you know, (laughs) I don't know what those like those big (laughs) chicken chicken places, chicken buildings are, you know, where they're all running around. Yeah. They'll have access to the outdoors. But it'll be like one door in this small little area. Well, then they'll never go out there because they yeah. don't even know. They're like, that's scary. I don't even know what that is. And it's like, hey, there's bugs and sunshine and like, yeah. like the best chicken life you could ever imagine out there. Yeah. And like, mm, I don't really know. <laughs> but like, maybe there is that one chicken who kind of goes to the door and is like, what's going on out here? You know, the one hey guys, one, it's right? pretty good out here. <laughs> good out here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like you have to take the chance on like, let me just check this out and see if this really could possibly be better for me, because most people will be like, listen, the life inside the chicken building is a great life. It's pretty good to run around. There's food on the floor. You get to eat whatever you want, you know, like (laughs) you're right. Like (laughs) taking that metaphor, metaphor, probably a little too far, but like, it's okay to be like, I have this great life. Mm -hmm. I still want more for myself. I want to explore what else is out there for me and see what I could create. And then yeah. right now and then you completely shock yourself, which is mm-hmm. a story. Yeah. You're like, what the heck? Who knew this yeah. would happen? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Gretchen, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. And just coming out to the podcast. I appreciate it. It was so my much. pleasure. Thanks for having me. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to MD.com and click on free resources. 